0: Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.
1: Hi, good morning and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Here we discuss your most important business challenges and provide you with practical solutions to help you better your business.
2: That's right. If you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, or any kind of preneur, then you are a go-getter, an overachiever. You want to realize your dreams, which you may not have, experts that can help you step by step with the building blocks necessary to make sure those dreams come true.
0: Absolutely. And we want to thank the Los Angeles Tribunes for collaborating with us to make this show possible. Mo Rock, shout out. Um, One of the things that we all realize as we start our business is that there is no instruction manual handed to us. So we really don't know what steps to take. And we run into these building blocks. Well, the purpose of us putting the Better Your Business show together so that we can break these building blocks down into bite-sized pieces so that you can successfully build through these blocks and build a better business.
1: Yes. So whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure you take your free business assessment at pillar5.com and join us live in our virtual studio where we can address your comments and concerns throughout the show.
2: That's right. Awesome. And and indeed, I'm extremely excited. I've said that 11 times so far, but I'm extremely (laughs) excited to say this the 12th time for one, this is the final episode of the first season. Really happy to have this final superstar guest to help us finale this thing, Uh, Nick Threckold. He's actually returning again because he made such a huge impact, and he's going to help us take a deep dive into today's topic. Natalie, what is today's topic?
1: All right. So today's topic is decrypting credit secrets. Yes. So how do we establish good credit and how does it Affect us personally and in business.
2: This is going to be a a gooder. It's going to be gooder than. Yes, be than I'm better.
1: excited. There's just so many myths behind credit, so I'm really looking forward to whatever tips that we can get just to establish our own credit, right? Especially, I know a lot of people have been thinking about this a lot too, because even with the housing market. Right and and interest rates being so low, a lot of people are wanting to buy houses. I know values of homes are pricey, but they're wanting to take advantage of that. So there's so much that goes into credit. How many credit cards do we have open? What's the best way to pay on them? You know, some say use half the credit limit, a third of the credit limit. So there's just so much. So I'm excited for it. And he, when he had, he brought so much wisdom just last time we had him on the show. I'm I'm just thrilled for sure to have him here. So.
0: Yeah, Natalie's man. here. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you know, I, I want to really just take a quick moment and I just want to kind of shout out everybody who's been on our show. I know we got to get into the credit piece and I hope they're all watching, but I mean, we just start from the beginning. The first show that I missed. Oh my gosh. Number one, I missed that show because of the snowstorm in Texas when Sharon Lecter was on and and Tehran knows more than anyone else. Rich Dad Poor Dad is my favorite book in the world. Right, right. And I miss the co author being on our own show. I, I wanted to jump into a snow pile. I, I wanted to just jump into a snow pile. <laughs> it was just so crazy. Uh, but we're so honored to have all those guests that and experts that joined us Patty Farmer, um, oh my God, I don't know if I can name them all. Sharon Lecter, right. David Chrysler, yeah. Pradeep Anand, Nick Dreckold um uh his cousin jamal Jamal threko (laughs) let portis uni yost susan Antle, uh and anatole let me say it right calls me and jumps on me um um i missed one charity Charity. oh my gosh of course mo rock you know and and this show this show would not be here if it wasn't for a collaboration with the Los Angeles Tribune. So we want to thank the Los Angeles Tribune for supporting us, supporting this effort and caring about small businesses enough to allow us to do this on their platform at Roku. So if you're missing us on the live and you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, you can definitely go to LA Tribune TV and catch us on Roku uh, where you can, you can binge watch the whole season and get all of the insights from all those experts who was uh, uh, gracious enough to uh, join us on our show. And give us some really good insight on topics to help you grow a better business. Now, let's get crazy about credit because that's just one of the things we're <laughs> talking about. Amazing Ironically, about what many people crazy crazy about credit. I want to talk a little bit before we bring Nick in, the expert. Um, Tehran. What many people don't know is Tehran and I both come from. The financial background where we were helping small business owners build business credit to get funding. Taylor, I want to, I want you to elaborate on that a little bit because I don't know if anybody heard that story from your side of the street, and I and I think it would be great for the audience to hear this.
2: I'm gonna be real quick because it's such a that was such a great experience and journey, as you said. I'm gonna be real quick with it. So yeah, but just like you said in the past, we were helping them do a. Uh, Bring sales directly. Our direct uh, relationship with them was to help build out their sales team. They had a great platform. It really helped business owners get um, become credit worthy enough to become bankable, and to find the things that the banks are looking for in order for them to be funded. And so, you know, we loved the fact that they were helping them out. So we jumped all in. We built it out. Um, We were flying. It was it was on and popping. As I said, we were ready to go. And right when it started, the results of the Solution being provided had a caveat to it, and there were clients who were getting funded who didn't know how to pay back the money, and that was not part of the. That was not part of the. Um, how would I say the service that was provided by that said company? Um, so we were kind of going out of our way to be more consultative or coaching them. We found ourselves having different kind of conversations that led us into Pillar Five. So um, there's just so much more. You can tell somebody how to get good credit. You can tell them the steps to get good credit, but then there's a maintaining of that that changes your whole experience versus somebody else. And you can both have the same credit scores. You can both have grown from four, five, six, seven, up and above. But once you achieve that, what you do with it afterwards, if it's not planned, kind of like what Sharon Lecter said, have the next strategy, starting with the beginning and end. know why you're doing what you're doing, what is going to be applied for? And you can find yourself in a worse situation because now you've acquired a bunch of debt that you don't know how to pay it back. And most people by default go to try to acquire some more debt to go try to pay that off. And there's a whole nother cycle of people participating in the same industry or in the same realm, um, but not reaping the same benefits. So that was not a shorter version of the way Carlton has explained it, but that's my take on it. <laughs> that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. And I think
0: I, I think the takeaway from that for me, particularly Natalie, was that business owners were using the right tools to build good credit. And the company was teaching them how to be bankable. And that's a whole nother story because good credit and being bankable are two different things. And we've even talked to banking experts who, when we say the term bankable, they just kind of look at us and go, what do you mean? What is that? What are those 20 compliance items that you have to meet in order for someone to give you funding? Um, What is that metrics that's programmed into the computer that the loan officers don't even know about?" So we, we were that deep into that, into that market. And when we realized that business owners weren't building sustainable companies, they were just getting funding. Right. And so as we all know, funding does not cure all sales cures all. And so having Nick here today to start talking about the personal credit side and how you can use that and leverage it to build out your business the right way and build out your business credit the right way is just going to be super amazing to hear this detail and, you know, if you're looking to improve your credit, this is the this is the show you want to be on. If You want to figure out how to use your credit to grow your business. This is the show to be on. And so I'm super excited. I want to get Nick in this thing. I want to get Nick in this thing. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, let's bring him in. So, Nick, he, he owns Flawless Credit Solution. He's based out of Dallas almost two decades in the financial services sector. Uh, He's a TED Talk speaker. He really has a heart to serve. I mean, you'll hear it today, his passion for really making a difference and educating the community, speaking on entrepreneurship. He's been a huge advocate for the month of April. Financial literacy, Giving Broke, he had his uh, Giving Back. He has a Stay Woke, Not Broke series. And uh, so, Nick, welcome to the show. We are happy to have you back here this morning, dropping some nuggets in all areas. Good morning. Welcome. Good
3: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me again. Such a pleasure to be here with all of you great people uh, and the audience as well. We're going to get into some great content today. It's a really good dialogue. Definitely. I'm, I'm excited. Absolutely. So, Nick,
0: let me start it off. What, what, What made you go into the credit repair business?
3: What was your your reasoning for that? Listen, listen, you know, it was a thing. uh, I always thought that when it was time to be an adult, time to start a business, things of that nature, that I could just go ahead and just access funding. I really did access funding. Um, What I realized is that no one is born with an 800 credit score. So I was thinking, what is this thing called credit? that when I try to get this credit card, they say, oh, we're gonna give you this limit, but you're gonna have to pay back this interest rate. Like, what is this thing called credit? So, you know, I don't think anyone is born with an 800 credit score, not that I know of. If you are, please call me. There's something I don't know. Um, <laughs> it Definitely was born out of just creating opportunities, you know, not being, you know, born into an, a very affluent situation. You know, I had to grind, I had a good support system. And so I had to really, um, create the lifestyle that I wanted to live by really understanding credit, and I did it myself. That's the thing, um, and I want everyone to understand that there are components to credit that are outside of experts, that are outside of saying that I can't do it unless somebody does it for me. First thing I want to tell you, you know, it is a do-it-yourself um, system that you can uh, operate from. So for me. Um, I did it for myself and I wanted to be able to help other people, help my family and help other business owners uh, to be able to create sustainable lives and really be independent. Uh, But one thing that I could not get away from was credit. I could have the money in the bank. I could have cash over cash. But at the end of the day, if you don't have credit, you're going to be limited when it comes to certain aspects of your life. And I wanted to pull back those barriers. I wanted to pull back those restrictions. And I said, because I was successful for self, how can I help other people do that as well to unlock the door to their financial freedom um, so they can take risk and do things that they would like to do? So it was really born out of a need to help self. um, And then that extended uh, to other people from a compassion standpoint of how can I help the community? Because we're only as good as the person next to us. So if I know it, it means nothing if I can't show someone else uh, the same thing. So. That, that's where that was born from. Definitely.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So what is one of the first thing that you advise a person when they start thinking about, let's just, let's just start with the business because we're on the Better Your Correct. Business show, right? We're talking about business. I guess this question, Nick, and I believe you asked me this question before, is if I'm going to start a business, do I need good credit to start a business? Do I have to have good Personal credit to start a business?
3: Now, the thing about that is, and and, and that question comes up a lot, you know, and when I'm talking to clients, that is one of the first things that comes up uh, when I'm doing consultations is, you know, my personal credit isn't where I want it to be. And so they say, once I can get it up, then I'll start my business. And what I tell people, I said, number one, you don't need great credit or even good credit to start a business. Uh, What you need is an idea and you need some passion. And you need commitment to be able to start that business. Now, once you start to develop personal credit, that will be able to back the business once you start to do lines of credit and and funding and things of that nature. But for the most part, you don't necessarily need good credit in order to start a business. Uh, There's no requirement. There's no set number that says you have to have a 750 in order to have a successful business, things of that nature. Um, But for the most part, I tell everyone this piece right here. It is okay to start wherever you are. Um, And I think that is very important for everyone to understand. It does not matter where Carlton started or where Nick started or where Natalie or Tayron start wherever you are and wherever you are. I'm going to meet you there and we'll start that journey together and we'll start to branch out what that process flow would look like. So, again, especially from a business aspect, you don't need personal credit to be flawless again, flawless credit solutions. You don't need it to be flawless. What you need (laughs) is a design. What you need is an idea. You need a passion and you need to be able to commit to something. And once you commit to it, we can change everything else. Um, That's just logistics um, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what would you say
2: to someone? uh, What would you say to the audience actually, not just someone? who says, well, I've never looked at my, I've looked at my marketing. I've looked at my product. I've looked at my service. I've never really attached my personal credit or for those who don't even know about business credit. That was new to me. Um, How should they look at their credit as things to do? A lot of people say, well, I'm going to get a credit card for my business and where should they go for direction versus where, what should they not do? What do you, what do you notice most people do like knee
3: jerk when they start saying, Oh, okay, let me incorporate my credit. Let me get my credit score up. Well, if someone has already had an opportunity to access um, certain bank accounts or if you already have some type of credit lines or whatsoever, a lot of those lenders provide you with FICO scores. So the type of credit, uh, FICO is just a matrix um, design of how they score your credit based on your payment history, your length of credit, the types of credit, where whether it's revolving or installments, um, how often you look for new credit, things of that nature. Um, so if you have access to that, you can always go into um, your apps and pull that information, or you can go to um, annual. Uh, what is it? AnnualCreditReport.com, and so that's where you can actually obtain your free personal credit report, uh, and that's with the Fair Credit uh, Reporting Act. You can get that again. That is AnnualCreditReport.com. Interestingly, in the midst of the pandemic, they are offering free credit reports weekly. Again, weekly, not annually or monthly or bi month, but weekly on annualcreditreport.com in the midst of the pandemic. And that's all three credit bureaus are, are part of that program. Uh, but that's one place you can start. Some people even use uh, Credit Karma um, to pull their credit, things of that nature. You have to know where you are. The biggest piece with credit is you need to know what's on your credit report. Um, I will tell you this uh, over 80% of anyone who has credit uh, with a credit report has errors on it, which is interesting. You're not going to find a lot of people whose credit report is just flawless. Most of us, even those who have an 800 credit score, we still have issues with our credit, things that are on our credit that maybe we didn't put on there. So it is important for you to pull that information, get um, uh, access to it so you can see what's on there. So we can start to investigate and remove the items um, that are not accurate. Again, the credit bureaus, such as TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, these aren't governmental agencies. They are just third-party companies. So no different than a Best Buy, no different than a Macy's, but what they do is hold a lot of power with the banking industry and how banks are willing to lend to us based upon the scoring matrix that they give us so it's very important that we look at what are they putting on our credit scores is it accurate and how can we communicate with them to ensure that they remove the items that are not accurate and so that is what i do when i assist people is help them and walk them through that process uh either for do it yourself or i'll do it for them so again that that's one aspect that is very very important
0: Nick, I wanted to bring this up really quick, and I'm sure the audience is curious because there's a lot of rumors going around about Joe Biden pulling the whole credit bureau plug and getting rid of the credit bureaus. You know, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on this? What, what is. Share, well, share some of your insight
3: on that. We got to understand, like, the Fair Credit Reporting Act goes all the way back to 1970. So when he talks about being able to, you know, strip it down, he's not talking about stripping it down from the sense of, let's just get rid of it altogether. There has to be a standard process for being able to measure uh, someone's risk risk assessment. Of course, banks always need that in order to do lending. Um, but my thoughts around that is we need to make it better. We need to make it better. And the thing that I would say creates the most resistance with credit scores is the fact that the process is so convoluted. You're not going to be able to just up and call the bureau and then they answer the phone. They make you go through all these steps and all of these different channels in order to correct something that should have already been corrected. We give creditors too much power. So what he's trying to do is, of course, give the community, give us back power where it can be more so leveraged in a way <clears throat> not detrimental to people, but more beneficial and helpful. The idea behind credit is that, you know what, I'm showing you that I can pay back people. I'm showing you that I have a track record of success um, and how I manage my own scores. And so you should be able to lend to me. But the process, of course, has been convoluted over time. And understanding that if you get one wrong error on your report, that's very derogatory, it could drop your report, your score by 100 points. And so those are some of the things they're trying to iron out. How can we make credit fair for all instead of fair for some? So what I, I think, you know, as business owners, we all want to be able to compete, but we want to compete on an equal playing field. So I think that's some of the components that his team and the committee that they're doing is trying to um, kind of iron out. I mean, it, it's definitely useful. It's definitely needed, but we can't just scrap it and throw it away. Uh, we just need to be more efficient in, in how it's managed and give a little bit more oversight uh, to those bureaus.
0: And, and, and I don't mean to kind of hog the panel here, but I've, the last three days, I've had a lot of conversations about credit and business and the impact of the two. So we were kind of, I was prepping for the show and there were both loads of questions coming out. For example, in, in regards to, as you were talking about Joe Biden and how they may be trying to restructure the bureaus to give power back to the consumers. Um, What I've learned is that there are some ways that consumers can go ahead and start taking that power back already without Joe Biden. There's there's a way to do that by doing these credit sweeps, going in and just kind of cleaning up everything. What do you know about this? What is this false? Is this fiction? What is this?
3: When you're going in to do a, a credit sweep, again, you have to understand what's actually on your credit. So when you pull your actual credit report and you start to see specifically um, that there are items, I didn't buy that. I, I don't even know who this company is. Um, I'm seeing all these collection accounts on my credit score, uh, on my credit report. Most times people see it and ignore it, feeling that, you know what, if it's on there, it'll just go away. The problem is that it doesn't go away and it doesn't go away soon enough because you're going to want a house. You're going to want a car. You want to leverage some type of lending. So when you go in to do a credit sweep, what they're looking for is to see specifically How can I sweep all the things that are not mine? There's a lot of fraud going on, understanding that you even had some of the bureaus themselves be compromised with, um, you know, social security numbers. I believe the one that was compromised was Equifax. You also have all of these big lenders like Discover were compromised. Wells Fargo was compromised. So this idea of identity protection does it truly really exist anymore? And if other countries are able to access our most sensitive data, how are we able to manage it? Where if it is compromised, it doesn't destroy the consumer base. Because at the end of the day, if I don't have a business and all I do rely on is my personal credit, at that point I'm stuck. Um, so the idea behind a sweep is it's pretty much a fresh start in regards to um, the overall design. It is possible, but again, right now, because there isn't much regulation around the full credit suite, you know it is you still have to go through the certain process flow of removals, contacting the credit bureaus and even getting with those creditors um, to say, hey, this was inaccurate. show me the documentation that you used to verify that this was on my credit. I want to see my signature. And so a lot of times when I consult with people, I tell them, don't just allow the credit bureaus to send you back a letter saying that, oh, this is verified. No, we want to see specifically show me my signature. Show me that hard to find document that you used in order to validate that this does belong to me. Show me the addresses. Show me my history. Show me everything that you have in your system that is mine. It's it's mine. So you can't hold it. You have to show me, and then I'm requesting it. And most times, if they cannot do that, they have to sweep it off. So that's one of the credit uh, uh, loopholes that I'll throw out. That's for free. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, you, 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 you said a really
0: good, you, you, you made a really good point there about the sweep in those pieces. But I, I mean, I'm going through this process. I'm constantly going through this process to make sure that I'm improving and getting better. Um, and I learned and, and and I really wanted to hear from someone. So I, I saved this question for you rather than talking to someone else. Um, when, when you dispute or when you have an issue with something on the credit report and you submit that, Uh, what amazed me was that I didn't know that there was no human looking at this. You know, I was writing these eloquent letters, you know, thinking that I was appealing to the person on the other side that was reading it. And then I found out there is no human reading. This is going in a system. And the only way that they're proving that it's yours is that verifying that
3: you are the person that they're referring to, Period. Correct. Correct. What is That's that? Very interesting. Absolutely. That is a very interesting dynamic. Of course, we're in the eights, It's what twenty twenty one, so we're using AI. We're using systems. Um, gotta understand that companies are going to optimize and use computers. Computers are only gonna do uh, whatever you tell them to do. But there is this aspect of when you do an investigation. So initially, if you dispute um anything uh, on your credit report, a lot of times, let's say you get a credit a credit monitoring service. And they say, oh, we're going to dispute this for you. And they're going to do it um, the digital way. I tell people all the time in order to do with a proper dispute, you have to send an actual finite letter. If you go through the automated dispute process on the computer without sending a tangible letter to the bureau, what happens is you waive your right for them to furnish documents to verify your signature, to mm. verify they use to validate their response. So again, they're not going to tell you this, but I'm going to share this because we need we need the community to be able to grow. This is the type of social capital that we need to get ahead in business and in our personal endeavors. Remember this, um, you can go through and dispute um, through, the, through the computer, but understand this piece right here. At that point, you waive your right for them to furnish your actual signature of how they verified something so with all of my clients with people that i consult and those who even want to start credit repair companies i tell them all the time i say, you have to send the letter you have to send it certified you need to get a receipt of it and then force someone to open that up they're going to scan it through their system and they're going to come back with their initial response we're going to follow up with a second letter and we're going to use the fair credit reporting act as our baseline to say you must do x y and z per the federal guidelines and at that point you force someone to put eyes on it outside of a computer. Gotcha. So remember that piece. We we have to get to the point of sending the actual physical letters. I know it seems like the Flintstone ages. Oh, I got to actually go to the, you know, the post office. Yes, that that is the way to ensure that it touches someone's hand and that when you dispute it, you can then follow up with their response to say, hey, show me how you verified this. Show me my signature. Show me that timestamp, I wanna see it. And when they send that to you, you can say, that's not my signature. I don't know who that is. That's not mine. At that point, they have to remove it. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, don't let the computers take over. We we, we can't let the computers take over. We can only allow them to do what we tell them to do. Um, But yeah, be very weary when you dispute through a credit monitoring service online because of that factor. Right.
0: It looks like we have a question coming in from um, uh, uh, Natalie. All right, I guess this is a nugget. She says, to really dispute items on your credit report, send in real letter. Otherwise, you relinquish the right for the company to have furnished documents to you. And a real person, look at the letter. Digital is not the way to go. That's what you were just saying. Absolutely. Um, but she asked a question. She said, there are many commercials out there offering a credit report what do you think about all those versus just creditreport.com the
3: annual report
2: you were referring to
3: yeah well, Does a lot of,
2: you? go ahead tayron i was asking yeah I well, was that doubling up on that doesn't matter are a lot of companies you get that
3: have access to pulling um your credit information just think about if you want to go get a a home loan or something to the export extent they're going to pull your credit report so you have a lot of companies that say hey it will help you pull your credit report that's easy But the thing about that is you should be very cautious in who you give your information to you need to get with a reputable company i would say always do your due diligence and in about the company and even when you're working with a credit specialist things of that nature there are a lot of things to ask you want to know their track record you want to know what their process is their communication um what timelines um that that's very important because you know working with a lot of people people want to know timelines are you looking for a response from the bureau within 10 days that's not feasible because they have 30 to 45 days so i tell people all the time um do your research around companies that you're going to put in your information to um and then at that point make a sound business decision but you definitely want to have a credit monitoring service that way you can access your credit report um each month to see specifically what's on it also inside of the credit reporting act and a lot of what the bureaus offer is you can lock down your credit So let's say i'm not looking for credit i'm not looking for any type of lending i'm not looking for homes or anything to that extent you can lock your credit down meaning that allows you to keep your information sensitive so if your social security number is compromised even if someone tried to create an account on your behalf they couldn't because your credit is locked so that's another gem as well don't think just because you have a social security number and you have a credit score and it could get compromised There are checks and balances around it. So you can contact bureaus to uh, lock your credit down. That way no one can pull it. But you need to ensure that you have a credit uh, monitoring service. That way you can access specifically what's on your credit report. And of course, you don't get any dings whenever you pull your own information. That's just a soft inquiry.
1: Well, and most people don't even realize that they pull your credit even for life insurance now. They want to know your history. statistically if we are if we have a healthier relationship with money or, you know, we're paying our expenses. We're doing the things that we need to do. Statistically, we live longer. So that's something else it affects as well. I mean, it affects so many different areas that we just don't know. Honestly, I have a bunch more questions for you. I know it's time for us to take a quick break and then we'll be back. But we have Nick. Threlkeld with Flawless Credit Solution. He is decrypting credit secrets with us this morning. Quick bait break. We'll be right back. Refill that coffee and we'll see you soon.
2: All right. <laughs>
0: man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right.
1: All right, we're back. Welcome back to the Better Your Business Show. We have Nick Threlkeld with Flawless Credit Solutions. He is decrypting credit myths with us this morning. So Nick, I know a couple things that I've been curious on here has been, especially with TikTok being all the rage. I mean, you're constantly getting in COVID. You don't have to pay this. You don't have to pay your student loans. Uh, Best time to pay it is a week before it's due and then two weeks before it's due it double, you know, reports it to the Bureau. Uh, What would be some tips for people in that area? You know, is it best to pay your credit cards twice a month? Are there special restrictions right now with COVID?
3: Well, I'll tell you this, and that is a great question because I get that all the time. You know, if I make two payments, do I get double the credit? Um, Understand that there's only one payment that's required each month from your creditor, only one payment. And they're only going to report to the Bureau one time. So when they tell you this idea of making a double payment, that's only for them, of course, to get paid a lot faster. Um, They want to get income in hand. So I'll I'll tell you this. um, Even if you do make a double payment, uh, the only thing that's going to get reported to the actual bureau itself uh, is when they do their monthly reporting. Now, here's another question. Do all of the creditors report to the bureau at the same time? The answer to that is no. Unfortunately. So you may be dealing with, let's say, maybe a Wells Fargo credit card or maybe a Discover or an American Express credit card. They don't all report to the bureau um, the same day of every month. So you got to look at specifically when your account cycles, because many times that's when they may um, make that payment or make that update to the credit bureaus. But you, you can ask them, whoever your creditor is um, that's reporting to the bureaus. It's always important. Rule of thumb ask them when do they report to the bureaus sometimes there are opportunities sometimes where they will report for one month and they may skip a month so you may have a, a credit card that's inactive it may have a zero balance uh, you may not use that card for maybe four or five six months there's a possibility that they could actually stop reporting um and then your creditor may close out that credit card due to inactivity but in regards to your question with student loans and things of that nature Uh, We know right now that student loans are at a pause right now. We don't know how long that's going to last. So many of them are actually on um, deferment, uh, which is good. It helps people out uh, financially during this this time period where they can devote those resources elsewhere to their livelihood. But in regards to credit, I will tell you, um, it's only going to report one time each month to the bureau. So for that, just make sure you suffice your minimum payments. Um, and then if you have opportunities for consolidating your debt, meaning that if you want to kill that interest rate that you're they're paying, maybe you're paying a 10% interest rate and someone can offer you a consolidation in maybe 2%. It may be worthwhile to do that because I'd rather pay interest on 2% than 10%. So you um, just have to ask the necessary questions. But, yeah, it's only going to report once it's real. Month.
1: So what about the opening versus the closing of the cards, right? Let's say it is at that zero balance. You touched on that a little bit. Um, is it best to leave it at that zero balance? Is it best to close it if you're not going to use it? How does that affect well, our score?
3: That's a very good question. Um, and, and what you're referencing is really the um, credit utilization rate. So it's looking at what do you owe divided by what your credit limit is. Uh, so if I have a card that's a ten thousand dollar balance and I only use, you know, a thousand dollars, of course, I'm only using 10 percent of my credit utilization. You know, a lot of experts will say, you know, that you need to be at least 30 percent or less. Um, if you're really seeking an 800 score, you really want to be at 10 percent or less with your credit utilization. Um, but as a rule of thumb. Um, 30%. You don't want to go over the 30% threshold. So again, if you have a line of credit or a credit card that has a limit of ten thousand on it, you really don't want to spend more than three thousand dollars. So you can have a zero, you know, balance, you can have a hundred dollar balance or whatsoever. But as long as you're under that threshold of thirty percent or ten percent, depending on how aggressive you want your scores to be um increased, um, you'll be fine. Mm. What
2: is this Natalie? Uh, I was- Nick, this makes a single question. I'm wondering about credit and international differences in credit is the U in the U S you seem to have to have credit to get credit while in other countries, the less of a credit history you have, the better
3: it's more about having the money in the bank. Just, you just mentioned, right? So that's interesting because I want to talk about that dynamic as well, because understanding that if you don't have credit, it doesn't mean you're broke, right? There are a lot of people that have money in the bank, but their credit score may not be a 700. Does not mean life is over. So I don't want you to feel as though if you don't have credit, you're not doing well. Remember, the whole object is to stay woke, not broke. Um, So what you can do is leverage the actual capital that you have at the bank to secure maybe a secured credit card. So let's say I have $1,000 in my bank account and I want to get a credit card, but my credit score is... Um, beneath whatever threshold that they require, there are opportunities to get a secured credit card where maybe they'll give you a $500 limit. And then they want you to actually put 500 on hold. That way, as you pay it, it helps them risk assess you a lot favorably um, to give you some credit. So that's an an option as well. And in the United States, yes, you kind of have to have credit to get credit. Remember when I started out, I thought, Turn 18 years old. I got good credit. Never had a credit card before. I should be good. Then I got declined. And then I was like, okay, so how am I supposed to get credit if I don't have credit? This is where authorized signers come in. So for all of my parents out there, if you want to set up your kids for generational wealth, one of the one of the key uh, tricks is if you have a credit card. You can put your child, your teenager as an authorized user, authorized signer on your credit card. It does not mean they're going to get a credit card themselves. No, that's not what that means. What it means is they're going to be um, on your history. So if you pay your card well, they're going to get credit for it. So by the time they're 18, they'll be able to benefit off of your payment history and they will actually have established credit when it's time for them to actually use it. So that's something that, of course, I didn't know about. My parents didn't know about. Uh, but just being in this industry, I've learned. Uh, but there's something that I definitely teach in all of the uh, platforms and communities that I go in from a financial literacy standpoint is if you do have credit and you're going to maintain it responsibly, you can go ahead and put, put your teenager on your credit report as well. That way it will start building their credit. Don't put a credit card in their name. (laughs) Make sure it's in your name. Don't put the phone bill in their name. Make sure it's in your name. But in regards to your credit, add them as an authorized signer so they can benefit as you make the uh, necessary payments.
0: Nick, you made a really good point there because I was just about to jump in there and say, make sure you're paying your credit cards because if you miss your payments and you start building bad credit or you start having issues, your child is going to wear that when they turn 18. They're going to have that negative Absolutely. They don't the 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 credit bureaus won't only report the good stuff. Right. They're going to report everything. Correct. So make sure you're on point.
3: You know. Correct. They're they're going to report everything. So understand like the the makeup of credit. You know, people always talk about. So what is this calculation like? If I pay my bill, I should get an 800 credit score. All right. I get. I have one account. I should have an 800. It doesn't really work that way. So I I, I go through the matrix, and so 35 percent of your actual credit score belongs to your payment history. Payment history is 35% of the 100%, right? 30% is what you owe. That's what you owe. Then you get down to 15% matrix, and that is part of the length of credit. How long have you had an established credit history? Because think about it. If you're new to credit and you pay your bills on time, you got two credit cards and your utilization is down and you, you don't you know, seek credit out a lot. So you don't get a lot of inquiries. One of the things that could potentially hurt you as well is you haven't established credit long enough. So that's another thing. Um, And then 10% is new credit. So whenever you get new lines of credit, or if you have inquiries, they want to see how often are you seeking credit? We all know people who are in need sometimes. And sometimes they're more needy than others. Sometimes they're siblings or family members. They say, hey, can I borrow some money? Can I borrow some money? Tayron, can I borrow some money? Natalie, can I borrow some money? Can I borrow some money? By the time they get to me, I'm like, you've asked three other people to borrow money. They've all given you money. You shouldn't need to borrow from me. So now I'm a little hesitant because I see they're always asking for money. Credit reports operate the same exact way. If you go and apply for American Express, then a Discover, then a Citibank, and then a Wells Fargo card, and then whatever else card on your credit report, whenever you go to the next lender, they're going to say, you're seeking so much money. I don't know if I want to lend to you because it looks like you're in need. It looks like you're in desperation. Understanding when you need credit, it's hard to get it. When you don't need it is when everyone wants to extend it to you. And so then the last part of the matrix is the type of credit, like installment accounts and then like revolving accounts. So if you have a home loan, mortgage, credit card bills, which are revolving, that makes up 10 percent of your score. So understand there is a weighted model in getting your actual score. There is not a one hat fits all to say if you do this one thing, you'll get an 850 credit score. It doesn't work that way. It is a combination of a lot of different things.
0: Awesome. So, Nick, are you are you helping people now? Like people that are watching the show, if they were interested in getting their credit right, um, could they reach out to you? Is there oh, someone they can
3: go? Absolutely, you can go to my website. It's on um, flawlesscreditsolutions dot com. Uh, FlawlessCreditSolutions.com. And then on there, they have a sign up where you can go and sign up. um, And once you uh, put your information into the system, um, I'll reach out to you or I have a team member to reach out to you to just set up a consultation to kind of see specifically what are some things that um, we need to look at on your credit. Remember, it is very important that everyone has a credit monitoring service. And if you don't have one, I can set you up with one. Um, and they, they do charge monthly fees for that. I don't actually do the credit monitoring myself, but I actually have a companies that do it. Um, and then once we can establish where you are, then we can work a solution to build you from there. So remember, it doesn't matter where you are. We can start wherever you are. But again, in regards to credit, you have to know what's on your credit profile. And once you can go through, we'll walk you through that to say what's accurate, what's not accurate. And then what do you want removed? Let's have conversations with your creditors. And then on the flip side, let's have conversations with your actual uh, credit bureaus to see if we can actually join forces to get things um, adjusted on your credit score, your credit score.
0: Let, let, let's lean back into the business side of this. So yeah. you, you said when we started, for those who missed the first part of the show, you said you don't have to have good credit to start your business. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You can go ahead and start your business with a good idea. And I think someone here, uh, uh, Natalie, kind of, uh, you know, actually commented on your post at the time. But you, you said you don't need good credit. So what do you need? What, what, what is this stuff about Dun
3: & Bradstreet numbers? I mean, I'm, I'm really. Now, Dun Bradstreet, advocate here. That's good. That's good. Dun & Bradstreet definitely is the company. If you think of your personal credit score. Um, in that aspect, Dun and Brad Street is going to be your business credit score. So, what they do is of course, they're going to assess you the same type of way from a personal aspect, but from a business aspect. So, banks are going to look at you a little differently. So, one would ask, Okay, if I set up a dun and Bradstreet, street, I, I got my company. Do I need credit in order to get a dun and Bradstreet? street? No, you can actually sign up for a dun and Bradstreet. street, and once you start to um, get lending and actually have some re- revolving ac- accounts for your business, they will start to report that information in. And then um, Donna Bradstreet will assess you based off of that and give you um, a rating. And then that way, when you go to a banker for funding, they want to know specifically what is your business credit score. So understand that you have to start wherever you are. No one is going to start. It doesn't work. You start at hundred percent and then once you mess up it goes down if you have nothing for the most part you start with nothing so you have to build it uh and so understanding that if you're going to access business credit most banks if not all banks are going to utilize your personal credit as the foundation that's their way to ensuring that they can assess you properly to say is this a type of consumer or business owner i want to lend to because most times if you haven't done well in your personal credit businesses are very weary thinking that you would do well um, in business credit as well. But again, one of the loopholes around that is you can establish some secure lines of credit at your bank. So when you actually apply for business credit, they're actually pulling from your secure um, profile. So that, that's an option as well. And going to ask you something, uh, what, what, real, real quick, I know you're about to say
2: something, Carlton, but... So uh, I love that you're addressing how the first step is to see where you're at, you know, to, to find out where you're at in order to make the next moves forward. Um, and also we all know that to build the, the, a person's credit, even personal or business is a proactive strategic process of activity in order for those results to be the way they are. So can you speak a little bit to um, when a person is trying to establish their credit and they start getting these credit offers in the mail, There's something there's there's an energy thing that happens like, oh, I'm pre-approved without having the strategy of exactly how to use how to even move forward after realizing you're approved.
3: Can you just speak to that whole process of what's happening when someone is getting offered credit? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're getting these pre-approvals, where do the pre-approvals come from? So there's this aspect of credit that comes off very predatory. (laughs) So, again, not predatory just for those who don't have good credit. Creditor for those who have good credit as well. Um, but when you start to get those in, they're running soft inquiries based upon um, what range of scores that you're in. So if you're in a 700 and up, you're going to get certain offers. If you're in, you know, the 620 and up, you're going to get different offers. If you're below 620, things of that, then it's going to be more high interest rates and things of that nature. Understand when you start to get those in. What I tell people all the time, if you're trying to establish credit and you need to get a credit card, try to get a credit card that has, excuse me, a 0% interest. 0% interest is going to be able to save you in the long run because when you're establishing credit, if you can get a 0% interest, that's same as cash almost um, to this aspect of if I don't have any credit, can I just use whatever's in my bank account? I just like using my debit card. People ask all the time, well, why can't I just use my debit card? You can use your debit card, but if I can get you a credit card that's 0% interest, it's the exact same as using your debit card. Now, what I tell people is whatever you're using in your credit um, aspect of that card, keep that reserve in the bank. So just because I can get a credit card that's a thousand limit doesn't mean that I have a thousand in my bank account Then I have a credit card limit of a thousand. So I can spend my debit card thousand and then spend my credit card thousand. Now I'm in a whole two thousand. Right. What you need to do is whatever you use in the credit side of it, keep the reserves in your bank account. That way, when you get to that 30 percent threshold, go ahead and pay it down. So if you can keep it under that utilization at 30%, go ahead and pay it down each month. You start to build history with the credit bureaus. That's what you want to do is build history. The problem with the credit reporting system right now is we spend so much cash, literally cash on things, but it's not tracked. When I when I pay my phone bill, AT&T doesn't report to my credit bureau. Right. You know, other things like when I pay my cable bill, it doesn't report to the credit bureaus. We pay so much stuff on time. My utility bill, my light bill, it doesn't report to the credit bureaus. So if we can get to the op- this, this aspect of using those bills and pay them on a credit card and still reserve that capital in the bank, once it hits that credit card, it do- does go to the actual bureaus itself and you start to get credit for it. And then you're not overextending yourself financially because now you have the reserves in the bank to make sure that it's covered. So that's some of the strategy around How can I build a plan of success? Keep those reserves. But at the same time, don't apply for every credit card that comes in the mail. Look for those specifically that will offer 0% interest. Um, You can go to nerdwallet.com, N-E-R-D wallet.com. They'll give you all types of promotions from um, lenders and what they're offering with credit cards. Do your history. Um, But for for me, I always tell my client, 0% interest is number one, because that's going to be your same as cash.
1: What are your thoughts on uh, reporting rent and stuff like that? I know you can set up, it's not automatically reported, but I believe you can set up for it to be reported,
3: right? Absolutely. With some of the bureaus, if you go through their apps, such as Experian, um, they offer, I think it's called Experian Credit Boost. Um, And so Experian offers um, a free plan as well for like basic. So, you know, download the credit bureau apps um, and sign up for that because they want to know what else are you spending money on that we can give you credit for go ahead and make sure you add that in. That is that is essential. Don't just rely on one mode of um, transmission such as the credit card agencies. Go ahead and connect with the bureaus, download their apps um, see what they offer, especially in the pandemic where they're they're wanting people to access their credit to make sure that it's correct. And if you can get a benefit uh, from adding your cell phone bill, adding your cable bills, utility bills, and rent, That serves you. You want to get credit for the things that you're actually paying for. So I would definitely recommend you to boost your credit with those opportunities as well. Awesome.
0: Uh, uh, Nick, Natalie's asking again, can you break down the percentages again uh, for the credit report? So how long you have had credit? All those
3: metrics. Absolutely. So of the 100 percent, 35 percent is your payment history. How well have you paid your bills? That's your payment history. Then you have 30 percent is going to be specifically what you owe. What do you owe on your credit lines? And then 15 percent is the length of time you've had credit, like the length of your accounts. What's your average length of your account? Then 10 percent is new credit, new credit lines, new credit. And then the last 10 percent is the types of credit such as your revolving accounts, that's going to be like your, you know, your credit card bills and things of that nature. And then installment accounts are going to be your um, car payments and loans of that nature. Awesome.
2: Awesome. awesome. Thank that
3: you. Is, Nick. That Thank is you. So remember 35% is based off of how well you've paid somebody. The other 30% is who do you owe left? You know, who gotcha. you owe.
2: Awesome. Man, that's The jewels and good nuggets right there, just to know how the algorithm works to be proactive about that. Love that. Absolutely.
0: Nick, I noticed you mentioned um, you know, a good way for people to get started right now, if they're starting their business and they're running their business number one, don't let credit deter you from starting your business. Go ahead and get credit. Go ahead and start your business. Um, when people start building their credit and they start utilizing these, these strategies, like you know as small as $100 in the bank or $500 in the bank and get in these secured lines? Are there things they need to be wary of, like they need to be conscious of that they're going to be paying credit on their own money and then the interest rate from their bank account is not going to equal? And then those balances are going to be a little bit off. So it's going to actually cost them to borrow their own money. I think when they figure this out, they get scared and they go, this isn't what he meant. And I think if you can speak to that, I think they can understand it walking in. So they're aware of what, what's going to happen in this transaction.
3: Absolutely understand this. And uh, this is something uh, my cousin and I talk about all the time. If you don't take a chance, you won't get a chance. So understand that you have to be willing to take a chance, take a chance on. Um, uh, when you start to get these credit cards, one of the things that secure cards do offer you um, a lot of times, depending on what um, lender you go with, is they will offer you a promotional 0% interest for a certain time period, if if you can qualify for that. If not, they may offer your interest rate, maybe 10%. If you're gonna get interest up to 20% to 30%, understand that if I spend $1, I have to pay 30 cents on that dollar. So do I really wanna use their money? Um, so you, you have to make a very, very conscious decision great decision on what is the interest rate so you have to do your due diligence again uh, one of the websites I put out there that I send to people um, is nerdwallet.com again n-e-r-d-w-a-l-l-e-t.com nerdwallet.com you'll be able to see all of the different uh, lending options and what promotions they're offering it even allows you to see what range you must qualify for in order to access it. So if I'm at a 600 or if I'm at a 650, they'll list that for this card, we're looking for people who are in this range. So understanding that you don't have to take whatever is given to you, but remember before you actually complete that application, listen to this part, before you fill out the application, then put your social security number down. You have to know that you've already done your due diligence and this is the card that you want. Because if you get denied, that inquiry, that hard inquiry will be on your credit report. And most inquiries are going to hit you about five points. It's going to lower you up to five points. So if you're going to apply for 10 cards at one time, 10 times five is 50. You could lower your credit score by 50 points when you only needed one of the 10 cards. So go ahead and do your due diligence and the type of card that you're looking for. See what type of options they offer. And then at that point, you know, get down to maybe two or three cards that you really, really want. And one trick is if you got two cards, maybe you pull up on your web browser, two different screens, apply for them at the same time. That's that's one way. So once they actually pull the score whatsoever, uh, most most time they'll pull the exact score at the same time. If you're within a, a 30 yeah. second to a minute of pulling an application. That, that's just one small loophole, but it, it's not one that you need to live by, but live by the idea that you need to do your due diligence first to identify the type of car that's going to work for you. And hopefully you can get zero percent interest. Um, anything over 10 percent, you just have to weigh the benefits of it. But remember, we pay 10 percent in everything. You go buy a car, it got 10 percent markup in it. You go buy something at Best Buy and Macy's unless it's on sale. You're going to pay that markup. So don't let the interest deter you away from accessing credit. You just have to make sure that you may maintain it responsibly and you pay your bill um, in a very, very uh responsible way.
2: So, Nick, on a on the Better Your Business show, we advocate um adding experts to your development as an entrepreneur. That should be an absolute component, no matter what you're doing. So even though someone goes to nerdwallet.com, you know. I definitely, we'd strongly recommend anyone looking to build their credit, go to Flawless Credit Solutions because you're speaking from an insight on the process to how to start and then all of those steps to maintain not just to gain growth, but to maintain that. And to have you and someone who's working for the benefit of the client, they're working for the benefit of the client, but then again, you are as well. So I I just want to strongly advocate people, go to Flawless uh, Credit Solutions, have an expert help you. I mean the jewels are great but you know there's a way that people can hear information then take it and start talking about it to other people when they start to implement when they go to implement it is slightly adjusted i'm not getting the right results it goes back to that guy it's like no you need to go back and contact him you need to have an expert constantly doing that particular task and giving you insight on that particular task you should just be involved because you have like you say as a do-it-yourself but so that you can at least understand what the process is
3: correct there's no credit repair is no different um, than going to get an oil change. You know, my dad would always change his own oil. I don't change my oil. For me, I'm more comfortable going to an expert who's familiar with my type of car. And then at that point, not only are they changing the oil, but they're able to check for other things that I don't naturally look for. So just understanding that you can do it yourself. But at the same time, it is definitely beneficial to have an expert to walk you through And just like with your car, we're going to show you specifically what your inspection report listed out. Here are your options. How do you want to move forward? And then that's how we kind of create the best course of action from there. But always do your due diligence. Always ask questions and always be open to communication when you're dealing with an advisor and ask those hard questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Many times with clients, they feel like when they're working with me that. I will view them a certain type of way because they don't understand what I understand. No, I need you to understand what I understand because you have to maintain your credit once we get you to a 700. Otherwise, you'll be right back in the loop. So the idea is for us to create sustainability and to create generational wealth through knowledge and resources. And the only way to do that is for us to all be on the same page and share um, that type of information in a way that everyone can understand it.
2: Man, love the veggies. Eat your veggies. That's why I got my Pac-Man shirt. Eat your veggies. Yeah. You get I veggies the doctor's in the you
1: house. A, you're in the
2: same <laughs> right.
3: situation, but everything changes. Correct. After you get yep. the information and apply it. Absolutely. Yeah, trust the process. Trust the process. I tell people, right. trust the process. But you have to start somewhere. If you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it, it's going to be six months and you just thought about it. Go ahead and start wherever you are. Remember, if you don't take a chance, you won't get a chance. So go ahead and take a chance on yourself.
2: I'm posting that today, you don't
0: take a, yeah, chance, you
3: don't get a chance Man, that Nick, is. thank
0: you so much for joining us today and dropping all those nuggets. Uh, everyone, remember, you can find Nick at flawlesscreditsolutions.com. Um, and Nick is predominantly on LinkedIn. You can reach him out there and on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, he'll be happy to help you work through the credit situations. And again, if you're starting a business, you do not need good credit to get started. It does not impact you. Uh, you can build your business and you can build your credit simultaneously. That's one of the building blocks. Uh, uh, speaking of building blocks, Nick, you actually had an opportunity to look at Pillar 5 and um, know that one of the last building blocks in there are, is your credit. What, what, what was your thoughts when you took that assessment? What, what were you
3: thinking as you went through it? You know, when I went through that, number one, It's groundbreaking. Uh, the platform that you all have developed and the way that it allows you to go step by step is what the is what people need number one. So hats off to you with that. Um, being able to be so forward thinking, um, to know what questions to ask. You know, and myself, I kept asking my own self, what was going to be the next question? What's going to be the next question? Um, but when I got to the next question, it was, oh, I didn't think about that. You know, so just going through that process really helped open up and reassure me in the types of things that I should be thinking about in my own business Um, and understanding that everyone has their own flow. They have their own groove. They have the things that work for them. Um, It's always good to take a second look or to get with an expert that can add on to whatever you're um, good at. So I really enjoyed it. It was great. and it's something that I have been able to recommend to other people, and I recommend everyone go in to do that assessment. Um, it it It's groundbreaking. It's something that needs to be for everyone. Um, that exposure you know, would definitely bring light to um, your business and where your thinking needs to be as a business owner. So I appreciate you all for being forward thinking to create a design such as that. Um, it is definitely impactful. Seriously. Definitely. Well, impactful. thank you, Nick. We 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 all the whole team of
0: Idu System, Natalie Esman, Natalie Forrest, Taron Glover, our whole team. Thanks you for that. Uh, uh, we really appreciate your 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 candidness about our program, and it will be coming out soon for everyone. Um, but just know that this content that you've dropped today about building credit is going to be on that platform sure. where people get on that block for building credit. They're going to hear this piece from wow. you, the the expert on credit all righty i love it i love it all right all well right. nick again thank you so much for joining us ladies and gentlemen that's nick Record. uh uh amazing uh we look forward to having him back on the next season uh thank you nick appreciate you being here with us
2: thank you all as well
1: Thanks,
2: Thanks. thank you nick wow yeah, I could have been so much deeper. I was holding back. I was like, you know, this is going to be a two hour show if I just start leaving. It. I know. <laughs> Ended up
1: I mean, we just really scratched the practical. surface. That was it.
2: Yeah. But he gives it up in such a really practical way. What I loved about what he was saying about the the just that there's an algorithm. I understand that there's a well, you know what I noticed about Nick. There's a posture. There's, And we learned this, our experience, this as well, when we were doing the the um building the business credit for businesses before we once started um, building pillar five and most people the end users don't understand they misunderstand the nature of the relationship between them and who they're in the relationship with banks make money with your money Mm -hmm. but we go in the bank with our hat and our chest as if they're doing us a favor and when the posture changes, like, okay, why should I, I remember Carlton, I remember you told me this one time, the question should be, why should I put my money in your bank? Not can I put my money in your bank? Why should I put my money in your bank versus another bank? You need my money to start doing what you do with my money once it's deposited. And so it made me think of that when, as Nick was talking, that the credit bureaus aren't these big Wizard of Oz behind the curtain thing. You know, I mean, it seems that way, but it's a service provider you call them you request i need information on this thing on my credit provide that for me they're like okay but if you don't present yourself that way they, they're not going to rush to aggressively do it so i think that's one of the, just the bonuses to having someone like nick and having just a, an expert help you because it helps you posture yourself through the same process absolutely. absolutely teaching how to
1: play the game
2: yeah yeah
1: teaching how to play the game so um I think my biggest takeaway that I love from today was how he showed how the credit is, um, the score is done by the payment history, what we owe, length of time. I think that was great for people to know. And that the hard inquiry is five points. Because um, I know that's, I hear that all the time, right? If you, for life insurance, if you pull my credit, what's it going to, how's it going to affect me, right? Those are soft pulls on your life insurance, but I hear that all the time. So it was great to have the breakdowns on that and that their rent gets reported. And I loved how he broke all that down for people because I know back in the beginning of my career, the big saying was cash is king, cash is king, cash is king. Well, as I've evolved and my own um, income has increased, I've learned that that's not true (laughs) necessarily, right? Because once you get to the point where everyone has cash, well, then what's king right after that? And so there has to definitely be um, a balance. Cash isn't always king, so
2: well, if cash is king, credit is queen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I, <laughs> king, I love that. Uh, I love that.
0: You know, I, my takeaway from today's show is it is actually something that Nick we didn't get Nick to talk about, and literally we could have all gone for another hour or thirty minutes at least, diving more into that. But that's there's two there, there's two scores from the personal side, right? There's your FICO score and then your your credit score. And building those are at two different levels and at two different ratings. And there's so many different FICOs, FICO 3, FICO 5, FICO 6, FICO 7s, and all this other stuff. And what amazes me is that Nick hasn't even touched that yet. And I know he will. So my only thought is I'm actually working with Nick right now to get my stuff straightened out. Um, Because when you buy houses and you buy cars, you think it boosts your credit. But in reality, you've, you've shown more debt. So it reduces your credit score. So then you have to get people like Nick to come in and go, hey, let me help this out. Let me fix this for you. You know, let me get this back to where it should be. Right. And so if you're not getting a flawless credit solution, you're making a flaw. That's the first flaw. You didn't get a flawless credit solution. So I'm going to say get with flawless credit solution just like I did. You know, and credit is nothing to be ashamed of. Like Nick says, you're not born with a perfect score. And then you reduce over time. You're born with zero and you need help to get where you're going. Just like building a business, you start with zero, and you need help to get where you're going. So, employ the experts. That is the secret of the day, and that's been the secret of the whole season. And and I I just want to stop for a moment and go, Natalie, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a co-host. Um, thank you being thank a part you. of all all of this. It's uh, been so uh, fun. So love to have you here. Can't wait for season two and everything else in between. Tehran, thank you for all your insights. The audience may not know this, but Tehran does not want to be on TV and he is here for a purpose. He wants to make sure you get the insights you need to build a better business. And if that wasn't the case, he is not here to be the next Oscar winner. I promise you,
3: Um, Tehran, thank you for
0: pushing your, 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 how do you say your dislikes or whatever about. Yeah, get. Thank you. You go. Natalie, take the words out of my mouth getting out of your comfort zone to put this together to help us do this. Thank you, Mo Rock. Thank you, Natalie Forrest. Thank you, um, LA Tribune. Amy Razor uh, for being an amazing guest and expert on our show, along with all of the other experts that we've mentioned. Nick, of course, today, amazing. We look forward to season two. Um, and we'd like to hear from you all. We're not going to just disappear. We want to hear from you all. What do you want to hear from us in this off season? What could we do to keep bringing you value? Um,
2: we want yeah, to hear to the comments because we're going to do it next Monday. We're be yeah, let's
0: do that. Yeah, let's we, do that. We, we, we have some of you in our comments. What would you like to hear from us over the next two weeks, three weeks? What do you want to hear? Uh, <laughs> what can we do to bring you more value uh, uh, in this off season that we're going to be in? Uh, uh, we have a lot of ideas on our side, but we'd love to hear your comments. Um, and even if you don't drop them during the show, if you're watching a replay, you can drop them. We'll still get them. And then uh, we will we will posture to bring you that insight. So again, thank you all for allowing us to bring you this information. We hope it helps you to better your business. Absolutely.
2: Peace, blessings, prosperity, and massive abundance. Spend massive
0: abundance.
1: abundance. Oh, I don't
3: bring Nick back on. We're closing now. Nick, what you got to say, buddy? Listen, if you don't take a chance, you won't get a chance. Now is the time (laughs) to take a chance on you. Understand Mm -hmm. that you are the only person who has woken up to yourself, went to bed with yourself your entire Mm -hmm. life. You know you better than anybody else. And you know this is something that you need to take control of. So go ahead and take the next step. Start where you are and let's get it going. Again, this season has been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Great job, Tayron, Natalie, Carlton. You all are the best, but I have to leave you with this. Money comes and goes, but relationships are the only things that last forever.
0: Awesome. Well said. I think I want to close the show on that note right there.
3: That note, two words,
2: let's build. (laughs) Let's build. Thank you all. We'll
0: see you next season.
2: Have a good one.